afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have gone into steel and a white like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Guy Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that. From Mary from Riyadh, uh, this is Indeed The Fetch, and you are indeed listening to Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Today's date is what? <coughs> May the 13th, 2000. And 21 and a good Thursday afternoon, early evening to all of you listening in the United States and Canada. A good late Friday, well, I guess late Thursday <coughs> to early Friday morning to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones. And of course, wherever you're listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. Quite a hot day here in Riyadh as temperatures soared above the century mark, topping off at 104 degrees under partly cloudy skies. This evening, the partially, partially cloudy skies have remained. However, so too have the elevated temperatures. We're currently sitting at just around 85 degrees at what? at a little after 1 o'clock in the morning, and we should be going down to still what is a quite warm morning, which, excuse me, <coughs> which will be 79 degrees in the hour before sunrise. So basically, we're looking at temperature ranges between 79 to 105 uh, going on through the next week. So what you really could say is that for all intents and purposes, summer is already here. And so we're going to be remaining above the century mark into the foreseeable future. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But what that means is you really have to kind of change your attitude a little bit because uh, every day, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I thought I was over this cough. Where's my drink? I thought I was going to be able to get this without too much too much coughing here. As some of you may know, I missed a couple of weeks. That was due to a COVID-19, ooh, right, scary stuff. It actually was pretty difficult, but a COVID-19 diagnosis. And so uh, I was pretty well out of it for about eight days. Four of those were really difficult, and I'm still kind of trying to recover here. I'm doing much, much better. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't have quite the endurance and all that kind of fun stuff, but I'm doing much better and I'm doing much better than even the younger people I know who were part of this little mix. You know, I think five people in my office ended up getting this darn thing and I was the only one that made it through without any medication other than nighttime Tylenol, Panadol, which helps you sleep at night because it kind of knocks you out. <coughs> Anyways. You know, this is uh, the first full day of what is called Eid al-Fitr, or the lesser Eid. 
it comes at the end of Ramadan. It's the first, technically the first three days of the month after Ramadan. And of course here they have the lunar calendar that they work on. So Ramadan ended last night at around, boy it's getting hot in here. I turned all the air conditioners off. Anyways, Ramadan started at the sighting of the new moon last night. So that meant today is the first of the next month. I'm not sure what that month is. But it is uh, now technically Eid al-Fitr. It's a national holiday. We have a holiday going through really yesterday, which would be on the eve. Everybody kind of gets a day off. It's kind of like Christmas Eve in a way, if you want to put it in a Western perspective. So it's like Christmas Eve, and they won't return back to work until next Tuesday. So that's an extended period, and trust me, people like me really need this extra time off because I am still in recovery mode. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Anyways, that's kind of me and the health. I'm doing much, much better, though. Thank you very much. Uh, still not 100%, but I'm doing much, much better. Now, yesterday we got some... Uh, Bad news, actually, I wouldn't call it tragic in this case, but some certainly some bad news. Emily called me. If you don't know Emily, if you're not part of the long-term family here, uh, Emily is my longtime partner. She's been with me over 10 years, actually 12 years now, 2018, 2021, 13 years she's been with me. That's a long time. We've been through quite a lot together. She was from the Philippines and of course, I'm from the States, and she. I sent them all back to the Philippines two years ago because I could see that there was something on the horizon that didn't feel right. So I basically, with all the different things going on, I sent everybody home two years ago. Uh, really, yeah, about two years ago now. And that's a good thing. She's able to get home. I know some of Emily's sisters. She has like 10 sisters, something like that. One of those sisters is actually here in Saudi Arabia in the western, not the western, eastern part of the country. So yesterday she called and told me her father died. And that's okay. The man was 87, 88 years old. He had a pretty good run. He was uh, completely dementia-ridden. He couldn't recognize anybody hardly. Uh, but nonetheless, he was surrounded by a great loving family, and he made it up to 87, 88 years, and he died yesterday. And while that is a story, it's not the story, because really the main story that we have going right now is COVID-19. So what they did is they took him, they, he was not doing well, so they took him in a in a uh, ambulance, and they went to many different hospitals, and by the time they got to the final hospital, uh, his uh, fingernails were already turning a deep, dark blue. So the doctor told Emily, because she was uh, along for the negotiations with the hospitals, he said, look, if you put your father in, we'll accept him. But if you put him here, we are just going to diagnose him with COVID. He is going to die very soon anyways. And so we are going to say he died of covid and you will never, ever see him again. So why don't you take your father home and get some oxygen and just take care of him and let him pass away within the house and within the, you know, the confines of the family. So that's what they did. They took him home and they went to the government. As you know, we've done pretty well on the political side. We borrowed 
from the government some oxygen, and he passed away really about three and a half to four hours after getting him back home, sometime after five o'clock. But the real story here is just the upfront attitude of the medical establishment. I mean, think about it. You take your, you take your family member to a hospital and you're looking for some help. Now obviously, this was a case there was not much help to be given. It was already too late. But they tell you, we're going to diagnose them with COVID. I mean, they just say straight up, we're going to diagnose them with COVID. And since we put a COVID thing on the death certificate, he becomes what's called a biological hazard and they will just dispose of the body. I mean, that's really what's going on. And that's not just the Philippines. That's everywhere. So many places are doing this type of callousness to families. Fortunately for Emily, in a way, the doctor was kind of honest and said, hey, look, this is what we're going to do, man. Take your dad home. Let him let him die around. the. You know, he's going to pass. Let him be with the family type of thing. But the arrogance of the medical establishment, that is really the key story here. And it really highlights the criminal undertones of what has become the medical pharmaceutical industries, the hospitals, the doctors, the pharmaceutical companies, regulators, and on through the entire process. We are looking at what is really largely a criminal enterprise. And that is something that we in the West, being the much smarter, we really are smarter, guys. I deal with a lot of people from a lot of cultures, okay? And, you know, they say white supremacists. Well, you know what? Too bad. There is a level of supremacy. Just look at the IQ charts. It's not our fault. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our makeup. And those of us who succeed in an international setting, we don't do so because we don't know what the hell we're doing. So to a lot of people, and I have people here even tell me, you know, Fetch, you're white, you know, you know, you got advantages that others don't have. I said, yeah, I know, but that's because we're better than everybody else. It's not as if it's not earned, you guys. And you know what? You have to just face people like that. And and people here, they're not taking it personal in a way. They're not going after you personally. They just recognize that as a, su- a smart European American, hey, we do have advantages, but we earn it. And that's something everybody should start to understand. Look, you earn what you get. Life doesn't just hand you things. It'll hand you something to get you started, perhaps, but it ain't going to let you keep it. You know, you got to earn everything every day, every, you know, every hour, every day. You got to earn what, what's yours. And that's kind of how it works in life. So, you know, I look at all these different people and how the medical systems are working and the people's attitudes towards the medical systems. And it really is important for us in the West to lead on this criminal enterprise, which is really called the vaccine industry. We we must defeat this monster. It is a criminal enterprise. You know, in China... This whole thing disappeared without a vaccine. They don't have all this vaccine crap. In fact, the Chinese vaccines are purported to be basically garbage. Seashells, which is an island nation, had about 60, 65% of its population, quote unquote, vaccinated with the Chinese virus. And they are already back into a shutdown of the entire nation. Now we have the summer coming up and whether or not 
the vaccinated in our nations are going to have a catastrophic winter remains to be seen, but I would not be surprised, for certainly I would not be surprised. Now, the big event, you know, well, I don't want to get into this other issue, but the big event here, perhaps internationally, is the ongoing peaceful protests uh, that are going on in Israel. And, and, of course, that's really what we have. I think we would have to call these peaceful protests using Jewish media uh, measurements um, based on what we've seen in the United States. In fact, these are extremely peaceful protests that are ongoing in Israel. I'm not sure what the Jewish state is upset about. I'm not sure why even Americans give a damn about this racist Jewish country. And really, we don't hear the truth. So what I have to do is I have to go into alternative sources to help me understand everything. But remember, what we're looking at first and foremost is a largely peaceful protest by Israel's Arab population. And that is how we, again, we have to see it that way and we have to call it that way. And the reason why is because, look, if... If BLM wants to go out and basically burn down the city, Jews call that what? A peaceful protest. Now, the Arabs aren't doing that. The Israeli Arab, Israeli Palestinian population isn't going around burning down the cities. That's not what's happening. Are there clashes between Israelis and Jews at this stage? Yeah. Yeah, quite a lot, and that's pretty much brought about to you because of Jewish arrogance. That's not what's being reported, of course, in the West, but really... You've got a bunch of Jewish mobs. You have what I would call, in the case of the Jewish people, there is a level of hatred and callousness built into the Jewish mindset that they will do anything and everything to essentially provoke and prod a reaction just so they have an excuse to attack you. And that's exactly what happened in Israel. And that is not being reported. But, you know, we had a case, what, two days ago. You had an Arab guy. Now, you have to understand, Jews are mobs. They're thugs. They are absolutely insane people. They're basically like BLM. They're basically like Antifa. But they got this race, this really rabid racial hatred within them. And this is not a joke. They do. So Jews are racially filled with hatred towards Arabs and Palestinians. Now, is that all of the state of Israel? No. But 92%. 90%. Now, of the 90%, you have a huge minority, perhaps 30, 40% are rabidly insane. They're rabidly dogs, okay? We are staring at rabid dogs. That They're basically, you can call them Jews, largely from the Orthodox community, but they're raging, rabid dogs. You cannot talk sense to this. You basically, if you were to face them in a face-off Western style, you would have to put them down. They're that dangerous. They're that rabid. They're that frothing. And they're that insane. They are crazy. Well, what happened was this rabid, raging mob 
largely from the Orthodox community. Now, the Orthodox community are basically who? A bunch of Americans. It's like, duh. You get all these freaking Jews from America filled with all this this glorified idea that, oi vey, I'm a Jew and the world belongs to me. So they go over to Palestine. They just basically kick Palestinians around as if the Palestinians are dogs. And, of course, you can imagine if you're getting kicked around like you're a dog all day, you're going to start taking offense to that over time, even though you might be a minority, which is the case over there in Palestine. Well, in this case, you had an Arab guy drives into one of these rabid, raging mobs, mob of Jews. Now, it's no different than if you were to drive into, let's say, a BLM Antifa hotbed. Well, what are you going to do? <clears throat> are you going to stop and let them drag you from your car and let them beat the hell out of you? Or are you going to try to get away first? Well, the Arab made this huge mistake. He tried to get away. And as he sped up, he lost control of his car and crashed into a wall. He was mobbed by 40, 50 Jews. Again, Jews are rabid dogs, okay? When you look at what's going on in Israel, the Jewish people are rabid dogs. There's no other way to describe this. Because they drag this guy from the car, start beating him, beating him up with metal rods, pipes, sticks, kicking him in the head, doing all kinds of things. And it's all caught on live TV and the, and the guys on live TV are going, hey, this is like a lynching. Now is it right? Of course not. It's not right to do that to anybody. And Netanyahu comes out and says, you can't be doing that, you can't be doing that. It's not fair for you to do that to the Arabs. It's not fair for the Arabs to do that to Jews. We can't be doing that. And yeah, in this case, he's right. But he knows his freaking people are dogs. It's like, duh, dude. You treat your orthodox community as if they're saviors and saints, but the truth is they are nothing but a bunch of uneducated, rabid, racist dogs. And they are Netanyahu's core, core demographic. And that is the same core that Jared Kushner appeals to and through all the proxy, Donald Trump appeals to equally. Now here's the truth. What started all of this? These raging, idiotic, moronic dogs, also known as Orthodox Jews, and their police forces, and their security forces, known as the internal, I don't know, death squads called the IDF, decided it might be a good idea on a Friday the final day of Ramadan, the final Friday of Ramadan, to go and provoke the Palestinians, attack them, and make a big stink on the final Friday of what is a major holiday for these people. In other words, Jews are a bunch of frickin' morons, a bunch of frickin' idiots. They go out of their way to provoke all of this response. What morons? And they want to go, oh, if you would just, oh, please, oh, oh, the poor, no, you frickin' Jews are frickin' morons, man. 
You know the significance of the holiday. I've lived in the Middle East for 12 years. I know what's going on. I know what the holiday means to these people. I know how they take their religion passionately. Why in the hell would you allow a bunch of freaking dogs, which is your orthodox population, along with the IDF and police, go and harass the Palestinians at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is one of the most important sites within Islam, on the final Friday of Ramadan. Are you freaking Jews idiots or what? And what do you do? Now you provoke a huge flare-up between yourselves and the Palestinian community in your midst. Why? Because you Jews are a bunch of freaking morons. Call it for what it is. What complete, bigoted, idiotic morons are the Israelis? And they want to sit there and make all this, oh, it's Iran and this and that. No! It's just people responding to a bunch of frickin' dogs. Jews don't know how to behave like civilized people. What are you doing sitting there making a big fuss on a Friday for on the last day of Ramadan? What frickin' morons? Man, seriously, none of this gets reported. Seriously, nothing's getting reported. Let me see if I can get this caller on the line. Uh, 210 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Bet you are healed, man. <laughs> you are back to 110%, man. You know, you know, when I'm reading what really happened over there, it's like, you freaking morons, man. You're out there provoking the Palestinians on the final Friday of Ramadan. For what? For what? Man, you guys are freaking, I'm like, they're freaking idiots. And then they're whining and crying about, oh, if the Arabs would please. No. Anyway, sorry, man. I'm just kind of fired up. All the media is avoiding this. Of course, of course, you know they are uh, and why. I'm going to turn on my volume just a little bit and get the echo out. This is May 4th. 2021, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel failed to form a new government by a midnight Tuesday deadline, putting his political future in jeopardy as he stands trial on corruption charges and a prolonged political deadlock that has only worsened after four elections in two years. This was a political stunt arranged by Benjamin Netanyahu and his cronies to stir up war, to keep him in power, to buy him some time. Wouldn't doubt Period. it for a second. Honestly, I would not doubt that for a second. I forgot all about that he didn't form the government. Because really, why? Seriously, to those of you listening in the audience, <clears throat> why? Why would you be so freaking stupid to provoke a response on what is basically the eve of the most important or one of the most important holidays to people. Why don't you let people be and just enjoy their time? Because trust me, if you did, it's yeah. It's the you, best time to do it. Yes, I, of course it's the best time. So what do you do? You unleash your dogs, the Orthodox community. Yeah. Because these guys are freaking, yep. man, they're insane. They're, they're totally insane. You want the worst of Jewish people? It's the Orthodox people. But, of course, Orthodox is the core of what is Jewish culture. So, you know, call it for what it is. 
I heard that Benjamin Netanyahu's therapist years ago quit to preserve his own sanity. Did you hear that one? I, I know, but I wouldn't doubt it. You know, you are dealing with a psychopath. He is a psychopath. He is a bloodthirsty psychopath. He, he, he'll kill hundreds, thousands to save his own bacon. Of course. I think they're doing that now with the vaccines. With Bush, you know. I think they're doing that now yeah. with the vaccines. There also. it is. I mean, that's what I wanted to get in, Fitch. I want to tell you, man, you sound great. And keep up the good work. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted right. to get that in. Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> that's a Bruce, everybody okay. out no, in bye. Texas. We should be going into a break right now. I'm listening. Usually about 27 after the hour, we go into a break. I hope we have a break. I don't have to do an hour full. But I don't hear a break. Okay, everything looks like it's potted properly. Okay, guys, it looks like I'm going to have to keep going. I don't know about the break or something. Um, guys in the studio, please check into that. We don't like to be doing long hour monologues. That's not good radio. We got to break it up, let people go to the bathroom, including your host. So check into the studio, please, on the server. And I know some of you are listening, so just check into that for me, please. All right. I don't hear a break. Darn, man, I don't really hear a break. I hope it comes in about 10, 12, 20 seconds. Otherwise, I'm going to have to figure out how to keep going because I don't have anything planned just yet. I usually use the break for the next segment. Uh, I don't hear a break, guys. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, let's just go on with the Israeli story. Now, I didn't know what Bruce said. But here's the thing. I go into various forums, Breitbart being one of them, and the rabid idiotic, non-critical thinking, really, uh, comments coming from the audience, meaning through the comment section, that the pro-Israel advocacy is off the charts. And I don't understand it. Because when you look at Israel in the United States, what you may not know, but the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in total has cost the United States, all things considered, all economic things considered, $2.1 trillion, all right? $2.1 trillion. That is kind of like the amount of money that was kind of missing from the Pentagon on 9-11, now that you think about it. But the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has cost the United States $2.1 trillion. That's more than the Vietnam War. Support for Israel, meaning the money we give away every year, the money we allow to leak out to be given through various charitable slash NGOs, cost under normal business operational environments where the government isn't trying to screw everything up, it costs about 250 to 275,000 jobs. So Israel is like this huge boat anchor that serves nothing but problems for the United States. It's $2.1 trillion. I mean, my goodness. Of course, Jews don't care because they don't pay it. They just print the money and then tax you. Okay? 
That's basically how they handle it. And all of their non-profits, hey, they just deduct everything because it's all non-profit, tax-deductible organizations. So you pay for those also. The jobs, 250, 275,000 jobs a year. That's money that we could be put into something else. So the idea that Israel benefits the United States is absurd. What they are is a criminal enterprise. And I don't care what the Trump people say. Guys, you must know, Israel's a criminal syndicate. Their only value that they offer humanity is their spying technology, and that doesn't help people. That helps the governments control the people. Again, that's a criminal syndicate. Their vaccines are are basically a kill shot. You know, it was said in uh, Norway that one in 1,000 people, can you imagine, one in 1,000 people died from all of these vaccines. One in 1,000. Put that in perspective. We take a football game and we fill the stadium with 60,000 people. Hey, everybody, come. Let's watch the football game. Yay, come. Cheer your team on. Well, when the game's over, one in a thousand means that 60 people aren't going to go home that day. They're going to die. That's the ratio of insanity of these pharmaceutical companies. They're willing to kill 60,000 people out of 60,000 just to make a profit. And the problem we have, and this is something we must turn away, is that pharmaceutical companies aren't liable. Well, they're part of a criminal syndicate. They should be liable 100% of the time. So anybody out there trying to give immunity to all of these various pharmaceutical companies are in on what we should say as a criminal syndicate. Now, in this... Because, of course, of course, Pfizer and Moderna and a few others, all of these various pharmaceutical companies, they're all Jewish-centric run. So, yeah, it makes sense that Trump supports all of this because Trump puts Jews before Americans. Now, I'm not saying Trump doesn't put Americans into some standing. He does. But he puts Jews ahead of Americans. He's willing to allow... <clears throat> the pharmaceutical companies, did murder, because that's what this is. This is just plain murder. 4,000 Americans so far. And that's just what's being reported in bears. That's just what's being reported. We know it's being underreported because we know the doctors and the medical industry lie about everything. There is no integrity in the medical institutions of the world itself. It doesn't exist. Emily's story about her father highlights it. Hey, yeah, we'll admit him, but uh, we're going to say he died of COVID. You'll never see him again. We'll just dispose of the body, so please take him home. That's that's the medical industry. It's it's real, and it's in our faces. Now, I, now we see, I don't <laughs> like magnets sticking to the arms of people that have been shot. What the hell is that? Magnets are sticking to people, and then we're finding out that they are using some nanotech bi biology, some type of magnetic biology going on inside there. What the hell are they doing? And why do they need to do that? I mean, really, what is happening here? So, anyways, I want to go back to Israel real quick, because already the United States... 
effective today, the Pentagon announced that it's going to be withdrawing 120 U.S. military personnel, and they are going to be, quote-unquote, out of an abundance of caution. Coming from the Hill, the Pentagon on Thursday confirmed reports that it pulled 120 military personnel already from Israel. Secretary, Defense Department Press Secretary John Kirby said the U.S. Central Command and U.S. European Command staffers flew aboard a C-17 military aircraft and arrived in Ramstein Air Base in Germany earlier on Thursday. Quoting here, we made the decision to remove these individuals in coordination with our Israeli counterparts, according to Kirby, who's a spokesman for the Pentagon. He went on to add these people from throughout the department were in Israel for a routine planning event dealing with an upcoming military exercise and again out of an abundance of caution and good prudence we ended that planning conference a little early and got them safely to Germany. So obviously it's not a great situation going on inside of Israel at this point in time. But again with all due respect, you know, what really happened here <clears throat> was the Israelis were provoking, prodding, trying to get a response by, by just, just, again, it's, every, guys, I, I can't stress to you, you know, there's just common sense in how you treat people, okay? Common sense. Why would you go out of your way to provoke somebody on something that you know is important to them on a religious sense. Why would you do that? Seriously, why? You know, they talk about all this stuff, you know, you should be afraid of this. But why, why? There's a point in time where just why, why, why be stupid? And that's what the American people, including Trump, should be asking right now. Why are you Jews so stupid? Why did you do what you did? Do you realize by Tuesday of this week, Jewish people, the rabid dogs that I'm talking about, had injured over 700 Palestinians before it really flared up? Did you know that? Essentially, Jews being rabid, rage-filled, BLM Antifa-style dogs, because BLM and Antifa aren't much different, we're just out there because they have power, but that's, of course, Jews have power. And they use that power to intimidate, to assault, to insult, to affront, to offend, whatever they can do to provoke you. And they had injured over 700 people by Tuesday. That's what prompted Hamas to start responding, because like, hey, you guys are basically just trying to kill everybody. You guys are idiots. So, okay, Hamas then starts to launch all of these rockets. You didn't hear that in the U.S. media, did you? I bet you didn't. But that's what happened. Let's go out to 314 area code. Hi, welcome to uh, Inside the Eye Live. Hey, Fetch, it's Art. Art, hi, welcome. Hey, how you doing? I'm better. Hey, uh, you know, I think they do it. Uh, I think they do it because they're Satan's people. They're the people of Satan. And that's their job is to do what Satan requests of them. You know, uh, you know, uh, they are born and bred to be evil and do evil. 
and and that's like it, what it seems to me, because that's they are evil. You know, the, everything they do is evil. Hitler realized it. Uh, many many other countries have realized it, and thrown them out. And uh, uh, you know, one country after another country after another country throws them out because they're scum. Yeah. Well, what they did was, to, uh, yeah. Art, you know what happened here is just unconscionable. You can't, you know, you have to be freaking morons to do what the Jews did. They know it's a major holiday, the end. By the way, you know, Arabs, you know, they're fasting all the time, fasting. They're tired. They're, they're a little irritated. They're just tired of fasting. It's now coming to the end. And then the stupid Jews start provoking at the most holy of sites in the free Non, you know what I mean? Non-Saudi world. Because we have Mecca here. It's like this number three spot in, in Islam. And Jews start attacking Palestinians on a Friday. What freaking morons. Seriously. Did that get reported in America? Did that get reported in America? Did that get reported in America? No. Did so. did American press report that by Tuesday Jews had injured over 700 Palestinians in their freaking rage-filled mob going after just attacking the Arab people, the Palestinians inside of Israel? Did you hear about the 700 well, injuries? They, maybe, yeah, they, they, they may have reported it on the um, major main media, but I don't watch that, so I don't know. But Somehow uh, I doubt that no, they said... Uh, they're, they're just... They, <laughs> They just don't do anything like I can. I just don't. They don't do anything that's like human. They just they they act like animals. They are they're they're animals. They're they're designed by Satan to do Satan's work. That's that's it for now. So I'll talk to you later. All right, that's art. Everybody out in St. Louis, somebody who might agree with my idea of these people are essentially rabid dogs. But guys, I don't think you understand just the importance of this, you know, because you you don't live among them like I do. It's senseless. What the Israelis did was pointless and senseless and stupid. And it just highlights what freaking morons Jews really are. And then they're whining and complaining when people actually start responding. Can you imagine, folks? Can you imagine... If BLM, Antifa, went into the heartland where traditional Americans are and just started to try to beat the hell out of people and they managed to injure 700 people in the heartland of America where you got a lot of guns, a lot of patriotism, a lot of pride. Do you really think that the American people would just stand idle while BLM rabid dogs go and injure 700 people in the heartland of America? Do you really believe that? Hell, you know what? Antifa tries to go into various parts of America and they're greeted with a bunch of gun-toting guys that said, hey, look, take your crap somewhere else. And imagine what would happen in Israel if the Palestinians had that option where they could face down the rabid insanity of the Jewish people and say, hey, look, take your crap somewhere else. We don't want to deal with you today. 
It's freaking the end of Ramadan. Leave us the hell alone. Go to your freaking dog cages and go lap up a few bones or something. But just get out of here. Just imagine how much difference and more peaceful the world would be if we had legitimate armed Palestinians that could deal with the stupidity, arrogance, and racism of the Jewish people. See, all I read this week was, oh, the Palestinians in Chi, if the Palestinians would put down their arms, there'd be peace tomorrow. You freaking Jews, not murdered, but injured 700 people in five days. Yeah, right. Really? Yeah, right. What a bunch of morons. So when I see all this stuff going down in Palestine right now, all the skewed information, look, you can only provoke, you can only attack, you can only insult, you can only put people down. You, I mean, come on, you've damaged, injured 700 people in three to four days. That only goes on for so long until people start to respond. Call it for what it is. Jews are freaking idiots. They don't know how to manage their own lives in a peaceful way. Now you got a huge flare up because Jews are idiots. And because Jews are idiots, you don't hear about it in the newspapers. You don't hear about it or watch it on TV. All you see is the uh, Arabs protesting. You don't know that Jews have already damaged and injured 700 people. You don't know that Jews are so stupid they went and attacked and provoked the Palestinians on what was one of the holier Fridays of their religious calendar. And the difference between the Palestinians and people around the world is they do fight back. Not like Christians in America who are attacked by the state, attacked by the government, attacked by the police. And then you just say, okay, please don't hurt me. While their their pastors are all freaking whisked away to jail because, oh, how dare you have 15 people in a church that seats 150? How dare you? But no, I mean, in this case, it's, it's worse than that because Jews are actually like going into the churches, going into the mosques, going out into the community and just basically beating people up. It's no different than what Antifa does, folks. It's no different than BLM. If you think BLM is something that is rabid, well, okay, welcome to Israel. If you think Antifa is freaking rabid, okay, fine, welcome to Israel. None of this starts, you know, the Palestinians out of Hamas, they didn't start their rockets until after 700 Palestinians had been injured. Because they started launching the rockets on Tuesday, but this had been going on already for four days. Nobody tells you about that. They just all want to sit there and pretend it's, oh, Arabs bad, Jews good. How stupid is that analysis? Think about it. How stupid is that analysis? And they're rapidly found everywhere in America. What naively stupid people the Americans are. You know, there's, there is a level what we would call just common sense, okay? Just common decency, common fairness. And you know, if you treat people with common decency and common fairness. Now, I'm not talking about the sub, 
the sub, you know, sub IQ hordes that Jews have brought into Europe and that Jews are bringing into America and that Jews are bringing into Canada. I'm not talking about those people because they're not any better than Jews themselves. All right? Jews are cunning and such because they don't want to have to do the fighting. In Israel, they don't mind because they're the they're majority. They're the hyper-majority. So anyways, there's a big problem now, you know, in Israel. And all these people are complaining, oh, Biden this and Biden that. No, it has nothing to do with Biden in this case. It has everything to do with the Jewish people. The problem rests and lies on the stupidity, arrogance, and hatred that rests within the Jewish people. They had no reason to go out and provoke this. They had no reason to go and injure 700 people. But they're so stupid, they did it anyways. And then they're going to cry and whine to the world that, oh, if you would just untie our hands and let us let us murder and kill as many people as we want, we'll put an end to this. Maybe you can. Maybe. But you ain't good as good as us white people when it comes to that. With all due respect, you don't know how to live in peace. Jews do not know how to live in peace. And that is their problem. It is not our problem. And if they continue to not allow us to live in peace, why should the American people, who are being treated themselves as if they are Palestinians, why should they not take back their country from this rabid globalist dog mentality that we see within the Jewish political structures inside of the United States. Think about that as we move forward. And when you see all these rockets going here and there and oh how great the Jews are, it's all, it's all started by them. They freaking provoked the whole thing. And nobody told you about that. And that's unfair to you. It's unfair to the people inside of Palestine. It's unfair to the people who are responding to all the freaking vicious attacks by the Jewish people against the Palestinian community there. It's an insane situation that, quite frankly, we should not have to worry about. In fact, we should tell Jews, just shut the heck up. Nobody wants to hear you whining and complaining. And get the hell out of our face and cut off all relations with Israel. Israel's our enemy anyways. Israel is the enemy of the United States, in fact, the enemy of the world anyways. So, anyways, all of this, I, I read the articles, what's really going on. I'm like, you freaking Jews are idiots. I swear, what freaking morons. Total freaking morons. They've already had a lot of tension over there. Man, Jews are stupid. I swear to gosh, they're just stupid people. Dumb freaking stupid people. Anyways, join us in the chat room, everybody, inside the iLive.com. Uh, it's doing okay, actually, for a Thursday. Good afternoon, everybody. Wolfgang's about the only guy I see there commenting. Uh, Nick and Tropic might be there also, I'm not sure. But, uh, anyways, welcome to the chat room. Also, we wanted to announce <clears throat> a new listener line. Listener lines are essentially, uh, I think it's here. I got so many messages, I can never find anything. Yeah, here it is. Uh, new listener line. That means you can call on your telephone and listen to the show, Studio A. 
dial 518-906-1839. Again, if you want to listen on your telephone, on Studio A, 518-906-1839. For Studio B, 518-906-1859. So, oh, it's fairly simple. 518-906-1839 is Studio A. That's a 39. 518-906-1859 will be Studio B. Again, this is a listener call-in line. It is not the uh, listener participation line, which is 323-275-1314. That's 323-275-1314. Okay, uh, let's move on away from Israel now. I think you guys got the hint. Uh, don't feel sorry for the state of Israel. Seriously, don't bother wasting your time feeling sorry for a bunch of idiots. Okay? And right now, if you were to go to Breitbart and so many of these other really far right-leaning uh, political sites, uh, whether it's Red State News or... Uh, Breitbart or some, I just, I don't know them all, but if you go read the comments right now about what's going on in Israel, the misinformed stupidity of the Americans themselves is rather galling. Uh, most of these Americans don't understand that Israel's our enemy. They attacked us on the U.S., on, with the USS Liberty. They tried to goad us into a war with the Lavin Affair. They were behind the Beirut bombing that killed 292 Marines in Beirut in 1982. Uh, Jews were clearly behind 9-11, which left purportedly anyways over 3,000 Americans dead. And Jews are instrumental in the ongoing vaccine holocaust that we now see in progress with Pfizer, J&J, Moderna, and all these other companies that are out there pushing their their wares like AstraZeneca. Uh, They even gave Tony Fauci a million-dollar prize for his efforts at combating, quote-unquote, disinformation. A million dollars. That's a payoff, everybody, for Tony Fauci allowing Jews to go into our countries and essentially start murdering our people. Because that's what these COVID-19 vaccines really are. They're just instruments of state-approved murder. And it's time, frankly, that we really start focusing in on this issue, take it back, charge these people. And and again, it has to be done ruthlessly, guys. You can't allow a, a, a pack of evil well, Jewish people, largely, but you can't allow this pack of evil people to come in to your nations and just start killing your people. How do you allow that? What, because they're Jews, they're untouchable? No, they're they're people at the end of the day, folks. They may be satanic. Yeah, they may be evil. They may be some of the dregs of what is civilized humanity, but they're still people, maybe just the lowest end of the, of the spectrum. And don't feel bad by, by somebody saying that because they feel the same towards you. Who are you? You're just a, you're just a goyim. You're cattle. You're nothing but a slave to the Jewish people. 
Because you're not going to go out and create these instruments of murder like these COVID-19 vaccines. And all that comes with it, with the destruction of the economies, with the shutdown of the whole world, with the rollout of a global totalitarianism, all of this is linked together and all roads lead to Jerusalem. To Jerusalem. They may be using Chinese technology. But that Chinese technology was developed by what? Jewish companies in America. So all roads lead back, whether you like it or not, to Jerusalem. And that's where we are today. Nothing has changed. It's just the ante has been upped a really high level. And and everyone's just saying, what are you going to do about it? You know, we shut down your pipelines, we shut down your economy, we've created hyperinflation. Do you control your money? Or does the Federal Reserve control your money? Is the Federal Reserve Anglo? Or is the Federal Reserve largely Jewish? These are very real, sincere questions. You know, I saw... Should I hope we're going into a break in two minutes, guys. I certainly don't want to have to pull off a two-hour stun here. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think her name is Wozniak, something like that. I think Wozniak. She's the Jewish gal that runs the CDC. And she's being queried about CDC guidance. CDC guidance is essentially an extension of Jewish stupidity. Oh, you know, wear a mask outside. Why in the hell would you wear a mask outside unless you're just a Jew and stupid? All right? Why would you put that out there for people? Because, you know, I'm thinking if I'm in Congress, the very first question I would ask is, Ms. Wozniak, are you Jewish? That's the very first question I would ask. Are you Jewish? And I would want it on the record how many Jews are in positions of power. I would just say straight up, look, I hear about white nationalists all the time from your Jewish community. Ms. Wozniak, uh, are you Jewish? And start putting it on the record. How many of these people who are in positions of power, positions of influence, who make absolutely stupid, idiotic decisions are Jewish? What, that's not important to you? To me it's important, so I should have a reason, not a reason, but a right to voice it. It's important to me. If I have an idiotic Jew controlling policy, making complete asses out of themselves, at the, at the same time they're trying to shame us by just common sense. They're, you can tell they're freaking morons. Common sense. Why, why shouldn't we be dealing with them? All right. <laughs> There's the break, everybody. That was a very long, long segment We'll be back right after this. It's the Fetch inside the iLive prime time. Back after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, hour number two inside the iLive. This is really uh, my first day back. Uh, really officially, I know. Last Saturday, I came back for an hour and a half. I uh, want to thank uh, Frederick C. Blackburn for taking over the first hour and a half. Uh, Giuseppe and Scorpio for sharing some of their time within the hour and a half. Uh, so basically I had an opening act last Saturday, which was, uh, you know, it was there mainly because rather than take the full day off, 
Um, I had a lot of emails of concern, worry, uh, wishes to get back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I was really, really sick for about two days. I could not breathe for a period of about five to seven hours. Um, it was just so painful to breathe, quite frankly. So my colleagues again insist that I, I bring out an ambulance. Uh, we did that. They came out. They did some diagnostics on me, said, dude, with all due respect, you're fine. Um, just take uh, some Panadol, nighttime Panadol, which my colleague had already bought and left here, which was nice. Actually, I don't think he did. He came back about an hour later and did that. <coughs> but anyways, just sleep it off, dude. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, your oxygen is fine. Your heart rate is fine. Everything is fine. Just just kind of sleep it off. So rather than give me some ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or something like that, uh, I was just told basically to sleep it off. And that's basically what I did. I know in my office, four people went down besides me. One of them went to the hospital. He had x-rays. He did all this stuff. <coughs> I didn't do any of that. Um, I'm fine. It's just going to be you know, a bit of time to clear everything out. So it's, it's whatever this thing was, <coughs> it was pretty nasty. It was pretty difficult. I'll be honest. Again, I don't want to call it, but they, the government says here it's COVID-19. Uh, so, okay, fine. They did it. They did a PCR. Who knows? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but whatever it is, it's pretty nasty, pretty darn difficult. But anyways, we're back. Uh, this is listener sponsor and supported radio. It does rely, <coughs> excuse me, upon your donations to help keep everything alive up and running. And of course, if you have the wherewithal and the ability to support the network, please do so. That's always appreciated because, you know, without the network, uh, we don't have a show. I know we're not the most popular show among <laughs> certain members of Revolution Radio. I know that, but we also have a lot of support within the network. So, again, it's it's all politics at the end of the day, folks. We put on a good effort each and every week. We've been doing this longer than most people, quite frankly, and our audience is solid and consistent, and we and everybody knows that. So <laughs> we want to thank you guys first and foremost, the listener, and, of course, from there, let's translate into some donations uh, there are things you avoid, <laughs> which we talk about in our chat room. I don't want to go over that publicly over the air. But uh, there are certain things to avoid. But all in all, we have a great platform upon which to operate and put inside the iLive out there for you, the people. So, again, you can support the network even for that only, so do that. Uh, we've been getting some decent support as of late. Our Our funds are getting up to where, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we're quite pleased. Uh, we'd like to see a little bit more, but that's always the case. Uh, so don't, don't, uh, feel bad if you haven't donated or anything. But uh, we would like to see a, a little bit higher, but again, it's always the case. You know what I mean? But it's not like we were around Christmas time after all the various bills were paid. We were pretty low for, for a while there, but we're back up to a, a decent level again to where we're going to be able to go into the bill paying season, which comes up next month. And we should be fine as those bills come due. So thank you very much for all your support personally. Uh, let's see. Chatroom still coming along pretty good inside the iLive.com. That's inside the iLive.com. We're not humming there, but we're doing very good. So thank you guys in the chatroom for joining us here on this Thursday evening. <clears throat> you know, another, <coughs> excuse me, another big story 
uh, coming out, and we actually talked about this. If you were listening inside the I Live last March, when the COVID thing really started to bite, you know, we talked back then about Fauci. We talked about NAIAD, which is the institute that Fauci runs. We talked about the financing of Wuhan. Uh, we talked about North Carolina. We talked about gain of function. We talked about all of this stuff all the way back in March. If you were listening, you probably recall that. In fact, back in March or so, we even played, could have been April, but it, we played a clip of talk, Dr. Tony Fauci uh, talking about how um, there was going to be a pandemic in America. He said this in Boy, that hiss from this line is terrible, isn't it, guys? Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. But anyways, Fauci was talking about how we are going to experiment, experience a pandemic um, sometime during the Trump presidency. Uh, and that's basically Fauci coming straight up and saying, hey, look, we're, you're going to have a big problem, Mr. Trump. And that was back in 2017. Of course, we were talking about all of this stuff way back in March, April of last year, maybe as early as February. Why is all that important? Because if you were listening to Inside the Eye Live, you heard this past week one of the greatest breaking stories that we have heard uh, <clears throat> regarding this entire pandemic, and that is Tucker Carlson coming out and basically saying, hey, look, Tony Fauci, in all probability is completely responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we knew that. We had talked about that. You know, the, the idea that Tucker broke this story. No, actually, we were talking about this all the way back. Oh, they're saying the COVID, the Fauci. All right, let me try that again. Thank you, uh, Mr. SD. Uh, I hear you did not hear the Fauci clip. Uh, that was on me. So, try leave with you today, based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. Okay, now it went through. I'm pretty sure it went through that time. Thank you, SD, for letting me know about that. I did have a button that was not supposed to be compressed. It's supposed to do that during the break to keep things from going out over the air while I am doing things internally here. But anyways, uh, that's Fauci. And we played that clip for you guys, I don't know when it was, February, March, April of last year. I don't know. But we had already been on this, as you guys know, um, the Rockefeller thing. Uh, you had, I don't, I forget the name of it, but uh, uh, Project or whatever, 201, which was done in October of this last year. Pre no, not last year, but the previous year where Bill Gates and his minions with the World Health Organization all got together and basically dry ran, intellectually game planned this entire COVID scam. 
And I still believe it's a scam. Yet I got something that was very dangerous per se. <clears throat> Does that mean I want to shut down the world? No, like that's stupid. Again, that's idiotic. Uh, the idea that we should control everybody and force everybody into untested vaccines to the tune of millions of people is absolutely absurd. It's it's insane, actually. It's criminally negligent and insane what they are doing right now with these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Um, they're not vaccines. We know that. But what they're doing is criminally negligent, professionally negligent, and insane. No other way to look around it. So anyways, this week we had Tucker break the story. And we did see some new video arise that basically said straight up that Tony Fauci's project director, he basically admits to making COVID-19. He's saying, yeah, we can do it. It's relatively easy to do in the lab. We do this, we do that. We tweak it here, tweak it there. Go do some more lab work and voila, we can have this thing done pretty easy. It's not so difficult anymore. We know what we're doing. So one of Tony Fauci's directors is on video admitting that they are doing what we call gain-of-function uh, lab work, which is what? Juicing up a virus so that it infects humans or goes human to human much more effectively. Again, that's insane. That's criminal. And it's actually a violation of international law. Now, the problem we have here are the governments themselves refuse to do anything about these psychopaths working in these labs. For what? You know what? We should be raiding Fauci's office. We should be raiding every single one of these labs. We should be rounding up the researchers and frankly, shooting them. They're, they're a danger to humanity. Look what they've done with COVID-19. They're a danger to the human family, to the human population. They need to be wiped off the face of the planet. That's how you deal with these criminal, warmongering psychopaths. And do you think that somehow they claim, they claim that there's 544 or 545,000 COVID-19 deaths in America? We know that's bullshit because the CDC lies. We know that deaths last year were actually 20,000 some odd less than the previous year. So there's no way we could have 545,000 extra deaths just by COVID. That, that's just stupid. Again, common sense. Plain, old-fashioned, common sense. It's dumb. The CDC proved to us with that statement alone that they're just a bunch of lying, criminal idiots. Because it is criminal to skew official reporting within the government. That means that every single hospital that juiced up their COVID-19 numbers just so they can make some extra money, every single one of the directors in those hospitals should be rounded up and, as far as I'm concerned, sent to Guantanamo. And if you want to shoot them there or hang them there or inject them there, we do it. Because what they have allowed is massive crimes against the American people. They have committed a form of treason against the United States, against the citizens of Canada, against the citizens of the UK, against the citizens of pretty much the entire world. 
And in our countries, there's no reason why we should be putting up with this level of arrogant stupidity. Because that's really what we're dealing with. Whether you want to call them smart, they're freaking stupid. The only difference is you don't have instruments of state to basically say, hey, look, moron, come, let's go. You got a date with the, uh, the hangman or something. Because you were lying to us, you stole how, who knows how many thousands of tens of millions of dollars from our, tre- our treasury, and you helped promote a fake pandemic that saw governors and health officials across our country go out and try to destroy the rights of every single American. That is treason, and you should be literally put to death for what you have done to this country. And that is where we are at right now. Taking this to a level of reality. These people are absolutely insane. Let's go out to the 201 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Prime time. Thank you, Fetch. Stand the man. You should be the president, Fetch. You know what? I sometimes think I I should be. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm with you 100%. Alright, I just want to read you 23 minutes to go, 28 minutes to go, New York Post. Israel launches ground attack in Gaza as conflict escalates. Okay, that is news. Yeah, we anticipated them doing that. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, Israel's a bunch of idiots, so, uh, hopefully the Palestinians in Gaza are going to be able to defend themselves and in a better way than they well, were what? last time. Which well, they have, they have a little bit better. Well, they don't have- yeah, I agree. I agree. But at the end of the day, war is messy and it always spirals out of control. So I'm not too worried. The Jews uh, it's- will nuke them. It's- the Jews are nuking them already. It's not like it's not, they're not doing right. it. You know what I mean? You know, this is all provoked by the psychopaths inside of the the far, far right wing, along with the IDF to begin with. Okay, fine. It's not our problem. This isn't our war. What we should do is cut Israel off. In fact, we should target Israelis' military for what they did on 9-11. Israel's not our friend. Uh Israel's all behind the the quote-unquote the vaccines that are killing us Americans, and that's how we should be talking. We should not be bowing down and and being silent on this issue. These these guys are not our friends. I'm sorry. Well, I have an old saying, old saying, 10 years. It will take a dictator to restore the United States and the Constitution. Um, You know, I I got something on that, but yes, I agree uh, very much. So, okay. All uh, right, I gotta go. All right, thanks so much. God bless you. Keep up the good work. All right, Keep thanks. Keep up the good work. Man. Thanks, man. Uh, that's, uh, Dan the Man out in New Jersey. Telephone lines are now open. 323-275-1314. If you're on hold, be patient. We will get to you. Uh, no need to run offline so fast. I promise we'll get to you as quickly as we can, but we want to give everybody a fair chance to talk. So go ahead and feel free to call back if you'd like. Uh, what else? Um, you know, going back to Fauci, you know, this whole idea. What we're really looking at here 
And this is something we talked about all the way back in May or March or April or February. I'm not sure exactly when. But this entire global pandemic, it doesn't solely rest on the lap of the Chinese. It was really a failure, first and foremost, of the United States herself. U.S. intelligence, U.S. alphabet soups did nothing to stop what was going to happen here. Absolutely nothing. They knew Tony Fauci was funding this stuff, and they did nothing. They allowed Fauci basically to override U.S. policy. They allowed Fauci to do it. It doesn't go to Congress or nothing. It's just, oh, Fauci said it's okay. So what we're staring at in a very real way is an idea that Tony Fauci is the father of this pandemic. And in some ways, that's actually very true. He is the father of this pandemic. And that will be borne out as people continue to research this. And there was some very interesting um, drama theater, if you want to call it that, in the Congress this week with Rand Paul going after Tony Fauci. And you can see Fauci has a little bit of worry in his eyes. He should. Because what I, what I don't get is that it took a year after we were talking about this story. Leave Alex Jones alone. Oh, I'm going to break this story. I was going to break it. But, uh, but, uh, 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 Tucker Carlson beat me to it last night. And that's all good, but he only got 80% of it. No, we already knew about all of this with all due respect a year ago. If you were, if you were part of Inside the Eye Life, we knew all of this a year ago. We talked about it a year ago. It didn't have all that much legs back then and maybe because certain factions in the U.S. government weren't strong enough yet. But I suspect that people like Rand Paul, as he is now going after Fauci, I'm going to check to see if there's a break here, guys. Uh, no. Okay, we're not there yet. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm going to have to do another hour. Folks, one hour long segments is not good radio. Please, we need to break that up. So I hope you guys break it up. Um, where was I? I was talking about Fauci. I was talking about Gates and a few others. Uh, let me get into just Rand Paul's statement here. I think this was on Fox News uh, yesterday or even maybe even today. This is so crazy, though, because... If this happened because of the NIH funding, and that came from Dr. Fauci, and then this spreads into a global pandemic, and now he's in charge of the response in the United States, the irony of that, what do you make of that? Well, it's even worse than you make out. The person they appointed to investigate the lab from the WHO perspective is the guy who gave the money. So NIH gave the money to a group called EcoHealth. The head of EcoHealth, a guy named Asank, they got him to investigate whether Wuhan was doing anything inappropriate in their lab. But if they were, wouldn't he then be culpable? So doesn't he have a self-interest in smoothing things over? I'm not saying he did cover things up, but you wouldn't appoint someone who's in the line of uh, supply chain of giving the money to them because ultimately here's the rub. I don't know whether it came from the lab. Nobody knows whether it came from the lab, but who would be culpable? Dr. Sure. Fauci could be culpable for the entire pandemic. So could Dr. Sezank, Dezank, and so could Dr. Xi. I'm not saying that happened. I don't know. 
but you wouldn't put the people who gave the money to the Wuhan lab in charge of the investigation. That looks like a cover-up. No kidding. Now, the truth of the matter is, everybody, as we know, somewhere within military intelligence, we know. And it's very interesting is really this past week we've seen Bill Gates uh, all of a sudden having to announce a divorce, and that's going to be quite costly whether or not he's in total control over this or whether this is being forced. Who knows what is really going on there. We now see Fauci over the past really two weeks has started to take hits, to take fire from various members of Congress with Rand Paul leading the way. I don't for a second believe that Rand Paul is behind all of this information or this research. I believe he's being used as a conduit to get this information out there. Somebody is feeding him all of this information within which to go after Tony Fauci. Fauci is the key point man inside of the U.S. government for this entire operation. And that's what it is. Utilizing a engineered bioweapon to create an even more deadly bioweapon, which is now openly given to everybody in the name of COVID-19 vaccines. And with this secondary COVID weapon, they want to, between the two, the first the primary initial virus, they want to use that to track and trace and follow everybody around the world. Now we're finding that the vaccines, if you want to call it that, are having magnetic properties. They are emitting electromagnetic frequencies at sometimes 10 to 20 times the rate of a normal human body. So there is something clearly going on with these mRNA products that are surely deadly. We've had more deaths now on the VAERS system than we had throughout the entire history of the VAERS system. We know that VAERS is underreported. So if we have 4,000 plus reported deaths since the start of the year, it's probably 20,000, 25,000, 30,000. It could be as high as 40,000, 50,000. But it's basically mass murder. We are allowing a bunch of Jewish pharmaceutical companies to come into our countries and essentially mass murder everybody. And the bought and paid for Congress, which has never met a single issue regarding Israel that they both parties can't get behind, they all sign off on basically what? Immunity for these very same companies who are murdering everybody. That has to end, folks. You know what? If Pfizer doesn't have the guts to stand behind their product, then it shouldn't be in the market. There should be no protection against liability. What the heck is that? It looks like there's going to be no break. Guys, we're going to have to go another hour. (laughs) So hold on uh, while I catch my breath. So essentially, COVID-19 is a gambit utilizing parts of China. But folks, China didn't give Fauci a million dollars. Israel gave Fauci a million dollars for fighting misinformation and disinformation. And now we're learning that Fauci, 
which we knew pretty much all along anyways. And now it's becoming much bigger of a story. But Fauci was the guy behind helping to create the virus in the first place. And he did that with full knowledge that they were developing the quote-unquote the mRNA vaccines at the same time. Now, we know all this. We've known this since last year. It's been plain as day. It's not like this was a big secret. That it's becoming a big story today is fantastic. That we now have Tony Fauci's director admitting that basically he created COVID-19. You know, I mean, Alex Jones goes a little bit far. But yeah, the guy is basically admitting, yeah, we create this stuff. We now have really an eye-opening situation here where people are starting to really grasp that this thing is engineered, that American health syndicates are behind it. Now, what does this do? It's going to implicate Fauci. It's going to implicate NIH. It's going to implicate the CDC. It's going to implicate the FDA. All of these are criminal organizations. None of them work for the people of the United States. All of them work for the pharmaceutical industries. That's It's just regulatory overtake. The pharmaceutical companies have captured them. I think it's called regulatory capture. These government agencies are not a part of working for the American people anymore. Consequently, why should we as the American people view them as anything other than complicit in a grand criminal genocidal conspiracy and we go after and take out their entire operation? See, that's how people have to think. Who the hell is this Wozniak or whatever her name over at the CDC, this Jewish woman? Have you heard her talk? I have. You know what I hear? I hear a Jew. I hear some stupid, idiotic Jew who can't tell a straight-faced answer if their lives depended on it. Hey, what is it about you Jews that just you, you can't tell the truth? Why can't you just answer a freaking question? Is it that difficult? You're such a master race. You're such a master people. You ask a simple question, you can't even get the answer. That tells me you Jews are idiots. That's what it tells me. I <clears throat> I watch all these Jews live on TV on all these different hearings. It's like, are you guys idiots or what? Is, this isn't a hard question. Now, you know what? May, maybe, maybe I have a pretty strong IQ. I'm sure it's still pretty good. But hey, you Jews, you're so superior, right? And you can't answer a simple yes or no question. You got to go here, there, everywhere. Oh, hey, I'm a freaking stupid idiot. But you're making decisions on behalf of the American people. And that's an important issue. That's why every Jew, every Jew that is brought before Congress, they should be asked, are you a Jew? Let the American people understand the infiltration of Jewish people in key positions of power. That might be an important step. Because if you're a white European-American, and you see all these policies that are completely counterproductive and idiotic, 
wouldn't it make sense if you knew that all the decisions were being made by Jews? You have the head of the department, I think, Homeland Security. I don't know his name, but I know he's Jewish. Everybody's Jewish in these positions. He goes up before Congress. Here we've got a shutdown of a major pipeline in America. As of yesterday, we had 1,700 gas stations across the southeast out of gas. We have declarations being declared by governors, emergency declarations, because essentially there's no gas or fuel getting into the southeast. We have a company that's claiming they've got a malware attack. They try to say it's Russia. Okay, if it's Russia, where the hell are you, CIA? What, you're, you're too busy trafficking children right now? You're too busy trying to increase your adrenochrome supply? You're just too busy that you can't freaking help solve American national security interests? Oh, gee, is that why you're all pumping in all these children from Latin America so we get all these children popping up in our borders? We don't even know where the hell they're going. You need to harvest more adrenochrome or what? In the meantime, you want to claim that Russia is behind the shutdown of the colonial pipeline system in the southeast. Yeah, right. You know what? Again, who told us that? Question number one, are you a Jew? Question number one, are you a Jew? If they say no, two, do you support Israel? Okay, that's all I need to know. Are you a Jew and do you support Israel? Because either one of those says you don't work for America. It's very simple. It ain't that complicated. We've all seen it. Everybody's big boys and girls now. You know what the hell's going on. Just just deal with reality. If they support Israel or they're a Jew, they don't work for America, by and large. 97%, you can assure that they're not working for you, the American people. And then the FBI, what are you doing? And then all we want to hear about is the greatest threat. To the American people is white nationalism, white supremacy. We are Americans. We are white. We do believe in that we have a great country and we want it to prosper. Does that make us all supremacists? Maybe we need this guy to clarify just what the hell he's talking about. He is a Jew after all. See, he ain't got time to deal with reality. He's just got to go chase the bogeyman. Oh, the white supremacists, oh, the, the white nationalists. Hey, it's our country. If I'm white and I'm a nationalist, go screw you. It's our country. If you don't like it, go to freaking Israel where you can go ahead and beat up on a bunch of Palestinians. Because quite frankly, people are getting pissed off with the way you're beating up on us Americans. Uh, hi, let's go out to Cody. Hi, Cody. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Well, thank you, Dennis. It's been a been a few weeks since we talked. Well, I've been and, out for a few weeks. What can I say, man? <laughs> May have been longer. Hey, were, you were talking. That wasn't a replay, was it? You were talking about the hospital situation and the executives and all that tonight, right? Uh, not a replay, no. Yeah, okay. Well, there's, I called in. I, you were talking, and I called in, and somebody else was on the air. It was just. There must be quite a lot more delay than I realized, but uh, no, that's something that's crossed my mind. These these hospitals, you know, it's one thing to have it in the law that they can get money, but if they're committing fraud to get that money, yes. they are culpable. Absolutely, and, and uh, they did. We know they did. 
Yeah. We know they did. So okay, fine. Let's yeah. uh, <laughs> sue them in every in every state. Yeah, that's the advantage. That's local. Hell, you don't have to go to federal court. You sue them in every state and county court. Every every single one of them. You know, I don't know if you can get anywhere with the way the judges are tied into these these hospitals, but you get a jury trial and you just start. You know, ringing these guys up. You know, what's uh, the proof that you're, you know, calling all these deaths COVID? Do you have, you know, testing? You know, yeah, I, and not a but, PCR test that you ran up to forty, which we know is invalid. And, and, and exactly. anyways, all of it to to falsify government documents, which a death certificate is a government document, is fraud. It's a that's a crime. It's not just a, it's just not a civil fraud. It's a crime. And every single well, it, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, we need to. Uh, God, I can start getting this feedback on your program all this time. Um, so anyway, I, the lost my train of thought, Dennis. Sorry, but uh, I don't know. It just seems to me. I mean, you could do some of this stuff in these local county courts, but also it seems to me that the uh, the reason that they vote for a coroner. The coroners need to take more elite, more of a lead in this. They shouldn't allow the the doctors, especially when they're getting money for doing it, when they're classifying it. So I don't know why these coroners are so lazy or how that works, but it just seems like you vote for coroners for a reason, and they could have been a stopgap measure if they would have oh, asserted uh, themselves. Yes, and the coroners themselves, as far as I'm concerned, are complicit. Uh, they should be equally exactly. criminally liable because ultimately they sign off on it. So, well, somebody said they allow the doctors. If a doctor signs off, that's good enough. It may depend on the state, and and I would think that would be you know that's a, a technique that somebody can do. That you know, different states they can all try to go to their legislature and make sure that these laws are in, in such a fashion that you know the coroner has to sign off. You know, somehow, I thought that was the reason we had you know coroners elected is because they had the ultimate authority to determine you know death and that you know so. I don't know. It's a sad state in America is all I know with, with this. I don't know what we're going to do about it without having a civil war. It's coming to a head. It's coming to a head. One way or another, it's coming to a head. You know, I think right well, now. Dennis, thank you. All right, thanks. That's Cody, everybody. Thanks, Cody, for calling in. Uh, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. Uh, you know, um, interesting developments. We had 120, I think, plus or 150 uh, retired senior level military personnel have come basically out and saying that America is under assault. Now, this has happened actually twice. We had a, a letter come out sometime in uh, just pre-election. And now we've had a second letter coming out with some of the top retired military personnel. And again, when you're retired at that level, you can be activated at any time. You're still on the payroll. You're still taking some huge pension money. Uh, you can be activated at any time, reactivated. We've got like 120, 130, something like that, military, former military personnel, retired, let's call it that way, uh, saying that America is under assault from within. And the Constitutional Republic is at risk. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people out there believe that Biden is not really president. 
And I'm probably kind of leaning towards one of those. They're allowing, if this guy is white hat controlled, then they're basically taking, I guess, democratic policies and saying, all right, fine, you want these policies? Uh, we're going to give it to you for a while. And, of course, what we've seen now in America is mm, within the span of, what, 110 days? We've gone from energy independence. In fact, we were actually exporting uh, petroleum products to having massive gas lines in, what, six, seven key states, the entire southeast. Amazing, right? Uh, so we've seen gas prices go up, not quite double, but 60% since, what, 110 days We've seen lumber prices go up, like how does it cost $90 for a 4 by 8 piece of plywood? I mean, how do you do that? How do you engineer something that stupid? How did you get that high? You know, somebody was saying is that the ultimate expression of opulence is to basically take a 9 millimeter or a 22 or any other small hand caliber gun and shoot it into a piece of plywood. <laughs> that, that, it's, that is a demonstration that you got some money to burn because ammunition's not cheap and now the plywood's not cheap. So, um, when you look at all the policies going on from the border situation in America to the job situation where essentially we have a million jobs out there and only 220,000 takers, something to that effect, and we have policies that encourage people to just not work. We see now governors like Whitmer, and I believe in California also, shutting down pipelines. So we've seen the Colonial Pipeline go down. We've now seen Governor Whitner, Whitmer order the shutdown of a pipeline that leads up into Canada. This is economic warfare against the American people. This is part of the takeover of the United States. These were issues that we were talking about back in March, really April and May, when we said, Trump, you better do something about the supply lines because essentially they're using COVID-19 to shut down the supply lines. Now, with Biden in power, we see the various governors starting to shut down pipelines just unilaterally. Again, this is part of shutting down American supply lines. In this case, when you go up and affect Canada, you're going to be affecting Canada equally. But we have a major problem now with Democratic politicians essentially shutting off our supply lines. Mark my words on that. So when you hear now military, former or retired military people coming out, when we see a Biden that's really not a president, when you have a press conference with Jan Psaki sitting there talking in an airplane, flies right over the building, you know it's a fraud. You know it's fake. Aircraft are not allowed to fly over the White House. So you could not have an aircraft fly right over the building. It just would not happen. So whatever is going on, it's murky. It's dirty. We saw this week Liz Cheney, who used to be 
the head of the GOP, uh, del- I don't know what they is, uh, House Chair of the GOP or something like that in the House of Representatives. She was removed uh, this week. Liz Cheney is what? A globalist stooge. Her father is a war criminal. Liz Cheney is part of the McCain block, and McCain was executed. Now, I can't say that Liz Cheney was and is as bad as McCain. McCain was basically the head of ISIS. He was the American head of ISIS. So, yeah, I can see why you might want to execute McCain. (coughs) All of what we see going on in America, folks, it's murky. In my opinion, you need to hold on. You need to hold out. You need to be prepared. Uh, you have to just factor in that food and other issues are going to go skyrocketing. I saw today that inflation jumped up to like 4.9% this month, something like that. And, of course, it's a lot worse than that. It's just what they use in their calculated basket of goods was 4.9%, but it's a hell of a lot higher than that. You guys know that. You have to shop. you got to... Take the kids out. You gotta put gas in the car. You gotta pay this, pay that. You know it's higher than that. So staring down at the madness of this democratic, socialist, Jewish, Bolshevik regime certainly should be educating a lot of Americans about the insanity of Jewish policies. Now, very few people out there are really mentioning that we are looking in the face and staring down the face of what is essentially Jewish policies. The flooding of our borders, everybody, is a primary Jewish goal. So if you want to put an end to the border crisis, you have to go after and make it absolutely exceedingly painful for Jewish political classes to engage in policies that ensure and enrich those who work on and support an open border. Think about it. You have to go after the the power, the source, the engine, and that's the money. Who is behind all of it? Follow the money. That's where it's at. Then we can go on over to, I think, what's probably one of the most important things in America right now. You know, the most important thing in uh, the UK, I got that for you. The most important thing in the UK is the UK government may allow you to hug again. That's right. The UK government is so often loony land, they're talking about whether or not you can hug somebody. Whether you can touch somebody. You thought American policymakers were freaking out of their minds. How would you like to live under a, a British regime? Or let's say a Canadian regime? These guys making decisions there are just like, what can we throw on the wall to stick that's as absurd as we can think of? It's like, hey, Brian. Can you come up with some stupid idea? I need five stupid ideas from you. Sally, I need five stupid. And make it as outlandishly stupid as you can make. Bill, 
I need five stupid, idiotic things from you, and it better be stupid, because otherwise I'm going to dock you guys an hour and pay. So basically, you get all of these policymakers in a room. They throw in a hat 10, 12, 20, 50 different stupid ideas. In other words, how can we show people that we're complete morons? They throw it in a hat, and then they give it to some guy with blind blinders on. He dips his hand in the hat, and he says, oh. And the winner is what? Oh, you can start to hug again next week. Great. This is wonderful. Wunderbar. Oi, bay, we can hug again. All right, great, 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 great. Welcome to policy making. Because these guys are idiots. Again, so where do we have to focus? First, the elections. At least for the U.S., the Arizona audit is one of the most, I'm presuming, one of the most extensive, most important audits in the history of the American Republic. We learned just this week that somebody erased the entire databases. And of course, most of us were saying from day one, this is a coup d'etat. This isn't just election fraud. This is a coup d'etat against the American people. The military should be sent in immediately to secure everything while we work out the legalities of transfer of that equipment from one side to the other so it can actually be audited. Those who were given the opportunity to erase the entire databases, folks, of all these machines inside of Maricopa County, they deleted everything. So who were the idiots who allowed it? The military, the local government officials, the local sheriffs. Again, everybody is complicit at some level in allowing this to happen. So what does that tell us? It tells us that if you are going to follow the rule of law straight to a T, you run the risk of these people erasing, eliminating, and destroying all the evidence. Now, how do you deal with the fact that somebody deleted the entire databases to the servers inside of the Maricopa County election system? I say this, execution. This is a coup d'etat. This is treason. Now, it's not easy. People don't like to see gore. People don't want to hear about gore. And I get that. I don't even like it. I think it's very crude, crass. I don't like it. But I'll tell you what. In something like this, I vote for it. I would even, if I have to, participate in it. Because you cannot allow these inferior, lower-level, intellectually inferior pieces of garbage simply take over your country and then try, and then act like nothing's supposed to happen to them. I'm not for that at all. That's treason to the American people. Treason. Treason 
means what it is. I mean, they, they, they took over. Guys, I'm here in Saudi Arabia, right? <clears throat> now, the Saudis, aside from their vaccine policies, which obviously I and many Saudis disagree with, by the way, uh, they've been great hosts. They've been great hosts. Aside from the vaccine issue, which is uh, going to show push a lot of us out, they've been great hosts. No problem. And we've watched from here as America became essentially a banana type of republic. We've watched the country, many of its cities, essentially burning and crashing from Seattle to Portland to Minneapolis, parts of Wisconsin, just burning and crashing. Chicago, we don't care because we understand the nigga, nigga culture. It is what it is. I'm not talking about good, genuine, decent, nice black people. I'm talking about the thug culture, a.k.a. nigga culture. There's nothing you can do for these people. There is nothing you can do. This, These types of people need to be isolated and put into their own colony. And then I, seriously, just, just isolate them. There's nothing you can do for them. Nothing. Give them guns and let them shoot each other as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. They're doing it now anyway, so who cares? Just don't give them access to our part. In other words, apartheid for this culture, it would be something that would be acceptable. It would be logical. It would be rational. And I have this final thing to say towards the BLM, the Antifa morons who who think somehow America and its police are so racist. Yeah, there's a lot of freaking moronic cops out there. I dealt with them. A lot of a-holes, okay? I get it. I've been around them. I've had to deal with them. I've watched them target me and hundreds of other people. These, there's many, 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 many police that are pieces of garbage. All right? Deal with it. That's a fact. But there are also a lot of good police out there just trying to do their job. And, of course, those that are very good, you take care of them. But you know what, Antifa and BLM, you want to complain about the police? You know what? You're lucky. You are lucky you are not treated like a freaking Palestinian in our own country. Because right now, we would be blowing the hell out of you people. If you if, if you were being handled by Jews, you would be having and facing rocket attacks, tanks. You would be shot at. You would have mobs of Jews surrounding you, attacking you, trying to hang you. You have no clue how nice America really is as a country. Not a clue. If you really want to see what it would be like to be quote-unquote impressed, why don't you let Americans treat you as if you're a Palestinian and we get to be Jews for a day and we get to shoot you in the kneecap and nothing happens to us. We get to shoot you in the head and it's all good because you're nothing but an Antifa piece of scum anyways. See, you don't know what it's like to actually deal with hardcore violence state against terrorist, because that's how Jews handle it. They view looking at you, meaning that if you're a Palestinian 
and you look at a Jew incorrectly, without the proper deference, that you're an automatic terrorist, and you can go ahead and kill that person because that person looked at you wrong. That's how it works in Israel. So why do you people like Antifa and BLM want to whine and complain about American policing? They're not Jews. They're not even close to Jews. There's a lot of idiots in the police force. We get that. We understand that. And those of you who are police, hey, you know what I mean. Don't even think, don't, don't pretend with me. I don't give a damn. All right? If you're good, you're good. But we know not everybody is. But you're not Jews. You ain't just shooting people in the kneecaps for the fun of it. You ain't going out damaging 700 people in five days just because, hey, you're a Jew and it's fun. So Antifa and BLM, be careful what you wish for. It's the Fetch inside the Allied Prime Time. See you Saturday, 10 o'clock Eastern. Good night, everybody.